no. Oh, no. Welcome to Comedy Capers. Um, heard every uh, time I'm in the chair. You are listening to Radio Fremantle's 107.9, the World Football Program. Many thanks to Gillian and Connor, as you uh, probably heard there. Uh, <laughs> uh, the greatest wingman in the world, um, Pete Skeeler. Good morning, Pete. Has uh, informed us that the mics were still on. So uh, that uh, comedy uh, was brought to you by Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. <laughs> Apologies for that. I uh, just said to Pete, geez, I hope I didn't swear there. <laughs> I, I don't remember if you did or I not. I'm going to assume you didn't. Uh, but um, being Australian, I do have a, a mouth that uh, tends to go to the blue language just <laughs> every now and again. So if I have, apologies for that one. Good morning, everybody. What a week in football it has been. Um, as I say, before we uh, start, m- many thanks to Celtic Ramble. should be able to hear that every Saturday morning. And uh, Connor and Gillian will be doing it again next week. And then from that point onwards, we're looking for um, volunteers, I think they said. I yeah, think they so, did, yeah. Um, yeah, they've got uh, Littleys at home and the time frame doesn't suit that at the moment. So if you are interested, you can always become a, um, a member and a subscriber to Radio Fremantle. Just go on to the webpage at your leisure or ring up Radio Fremantle during office hours on 9494-2100. All training and... Uh, Support will be provided, so come on down, join the show. As uh, a great man once said, don't hate the media, become the media. We are the media, Pete. <laughs> it's frightening. And that is that is a terrifying thought. It is indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as you just heard. Now we've got a big show lined up today. Uh, we have that superstar Football West reporter, Tom Dolman, joining us very, very shortly. Um, after Tom and the insights on the local game, we will have Cass Green... Well, who is a high school teacher and soccer coordinator, but is the reasoning why we got her on is UWA NFC Social Committee Chair, and she will be talking about UWA and their push to get a team at the upcoming Australian University Games, and that will go on to the um, International University Games. So we'll be talking to her in the second half hour. And then my favourite uh, Tasmanian, Molly Appleton, will join us in the second hour. She is on assignment in Melbourne. She is the Advocates reporter uh, from uh, Devonport, having recently relocated to Melbourne. And we'll get her take on uh, how she's seeing the Women's World Cup from not only her perspective, but from a Melbourne perspective. We see over here in the West that it is still... A sleeping giant, I would say. Um, what's your perception on that one, Pete? I probably spend more time than I should on Facebook. Yep. And on Facebook, you're you're well aware of the the fact that's going on. Although, again, uh, you know, with targeted adverts and stuff, mm-hmm. how much of it Joe Average knows about it? <laughs> Joe Average. Um, knows. But certainly, <laughs> like any time I turn, a, you know, any time I open up Facebook, it's you know, World Cup this and World Cup that, which is fantastic as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're exactly right. That um, that is where we need to be. But um, I was slightly disappointed, uh, and, and I don't like to like to use that. But um, oh, what have I done? No, 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 it was, no, and it wasn't me this time either. <laughs> that the, the the crowd for the uh, Nigeria Canada game was only the twenty one thousand. But um, having speak spoken to a few, they're going, well, Huey, it was an early kickoff, which is fine. It was during school down, yep. which is equally fine, but probably more importantly, it was made for the um, for the 
other side of the world viewing audience to be a little bit more uh, friendly to get bums on seats in front of uh, TV screens. Correct. I'd, I'd actually um, turn my phone on to sort of catch the start of the game. Yeah. Um, hopefully no one from my place of employment's listening and realise I was doing that, uh, only to find out that it was like the last 80 minutes or so because I'd got my time zones wrong and didn't realise the game started when it did. So I'm still getting a little bit caught out by yep. the early games. Like even just then... Um, just before we came on air, you said, oh, yeah, let's get a score update for USA Vietnam. And I'm, I mean, I'm just so used to World Cups being at 3 a.m. and 1 a.m. And, you know, if you're lucky, you might get an 8 p.m. kickoff. That that game's in the middle of the day, just blowing my head. Uh, And speaking of which, it's half time in the U.S. game and they're up 2-0 over Vietnam. Only two. Only two. Mm. Yeah, the last time those two met was a friendly before the competition. It was 13-0 USA. But... um, yeah, that's okay. Well, it's uh, you know, seventeen shots on uh, seventeen shots by the US, uh, five on target, and zero and zero for Vietnam, unfortunately. But um, yeah, and uh, Vietnam are making their debut in the uh, women's World Cup. Correct. And, and we've spoken on this show previously, uh, similar to what the the Chinese have done uh, behind the bamboo curtain. They have <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, built their women's. Um, program from the ground up, and we've seen them at the junior levels going absolute gangbusters. Yeah. They are the am I, let me have a think. Is it the under 17s or the under 20s that they are the current Asian champions in? The last one that um, that was held, I think it was the under 20s. They, uh, um, you can. I'll I'll look. I'll and, look and it Pete, up. Pete but... is going to correct me. I'm, I'm almost certain they made the. Um, at least the quarters or the semis in the under-17s and the won the competition of the under-20s or the other way around. But, uh, yeah, they are coming through. Their current senior side is still a, a work in progress, but we will be looking forward to that. As I say, we'll talk to Molly Appleton about that uh, in the second hour. You are with Hugh and Pete. And, again, apologies for that... Um, that <laughs> <laughs> World Cup special intro <laughs> because, yeah... China came third at the 2019 AFC Under-17 World Cup. Yeah. Uh, that was the last one because one was can- uh, cancelled with COVID. Correct. Uh, they beat Australia actually in the third place match there. Mm-hmm. So, and if I could find the link for it, I'd tell you how they went in the under-20s as well. We're talking about Vietnam though, Pete. I thought you were talking about China. Oh, no, we know where Ch- oh, no, I know where China are going. Oh. Uh, it was the Vietnamese side oh. uh, playing the US. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I realise that, but... Uh, because uh, I thought the Vietnamese won a uh, lower-level um, Asian Cup. Um, well, it's, uh, we've said, oh, I've said this before, uh, it's an area that will explode oh, when that. they get their act together. I mean, population-wise, yep. you can draw a circle around Vietnam, China, mm-hmm. uh, Thailand, and you've, you actually get a bigger population yep. in that circle than outside of that circle. Yep. And, and, as, we and saw, as soon as they get their act together... So as we speak. saw Stajic taking over the uh, the Philippines, the Philippines female soccer community is huge. Yeah. Uh, the men's side of the uh, the our, our game, it, it's uh, lacking because baseball and basketball are huge for the men's game in that particular country. But for, uh, for women, soccer, soccer is going absolute gangbusters in that country. Yep. But again, that's a discussion we will have later on. And after, Molly, um, fingers crossed... Uh, we hope to speak with uh, Fran Herdell, who you may have heard is raising money for women's um, support services in sport by doing her chick with a ball. She is dribbling, uh, and I don't think it'll be the same soccer ball, but she's dribbling <laughs> a soccer ball 
all the way from uh, the Gold Coast to Stadium Australia in time for the FIFA Women's World Cup final when she, as she has said, hopefully we'll be seeing Australia play almost anybody in that final. So fingers crossed because she is actually dribbling a ball on the road right now as we speak. So we may uh, get her media uh, staff on board or we might get to Fran herself. But either way, that's a... Uh, that's an influx at the moment because obviously she is um, <laughs> she is doing her job at the moment. Oh my goodness, it's always so much fun when I get back in here to go. All these buttons, I still can't get it right. Anyway, it is just coming up to ten past ten here on Radio Fremantle, the World Football Program. Plenty more to come. You stick with us, uh, Pete and Hugh in the chair for the next two hours. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258 6822 or shop online at Gate and Fence Hardware dot com dot au station sponsor Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tire. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And that is where you find yourself on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. And joining us now on the line is Tom Dolman. Good morning, Tom. Football West mega reporter. How are you, mate? Morning, Hugh. Morning, Pete. How are you? We are very, very, very nice and always happy to hear your lovely voice. Tommy, what's been happening, mate? Ah, where do you want to start, Hugh? Man, (laughs) the State League, um, there's a little bit to chop up, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's um, let's start with the icing on the cake. We'll go to the uh, the NPL. We want to start there. Yeah, yeah we men's women's. I mean, there's, there's a lot. Women's. Of we start there. with the women's. Being it's the uh, we're in the depths of the women's World Cup. Let's start there, please, Tom. Yeah. So good timing, actually, because there was two games last night, yep. um, which um, were on the Friday played, and one of them was played at Best Team Stadium, and it was a two-two draw between Mum FC and Perth Red Star. This was a really good game. I actually watched this one last night, and. Um, Mum FC started the game really well. They took the lead, um, and then first Red Star equalised. It was a, a lovely team goal from 
right to left. A, a nice exchange of passes across the box. And then uh, Red Star's Japanese um, midfielder, Raina Kagami, 15 goals this season now. She passed Tears Stonehill in the in the race for the Golden Boot. And um, that made it 1-1. And then um, Mum FC took the lead again early in the second half. I need to be pegged back by Red Star once more. And, and 2-2 was how it stayed. But both teams had great chances to, to win it at the end. And... Um, in, in terms of Red Star, they had two efforts cleared off the line by the young Lucy Hope, who did a really good job defensively at the end of the game for them. So, look, it was a, um, a drop point for, for Red Star, only yeah. the fourth time this yeah. season. But, um, but it might just mean that there's a pulse still in this in this time. <laughs> <laughs> we, do, yeah, yeah, we don't have to get out that uh, heart zapper just yet. Um, yeah. So a good point for my MSC, though, Hugh, because oh, um, they're obviously... They're obviously still fighting for a place in the top four themselves. They came off a late loss to Subi last week, a bit of a heartbreaker, having made it 2-2 in the 94th minute and then losing it 3-2. So a bit of a bonus point for them, given how the results have gone this season. And um, and, and that'll put a little bit of pressure on on the two games that come today. I suppose the, the other game that happened last night was Subiaco winning 7-3 against Curtin. Um, it keeps their sort yeah. of late push for a top four place alive, potentially albeit they do have a lot of work to do. And uh, one goal in particular from uh, Brianna Corbett, Curtin, 30-yard volley, really Oof. nice hit. Mm. Um, go and check that on the socials or on streamer. You got that on streamer, you're really beauty. Oh, I didn't get to see and, that. And, well, Curtin also, right, they're still having a dismal season, but three goals is, you know, you've got to find something to celebrate, and That's three right. goals is, is, is something. Absolutely. Um, they, they have they have been able to show a little bit of spirit in the last, in the last few weeks. It's been a really difficult season for yeah. them, but... Look, I give I give credit to the players and to the coaching staff still going out there every weekend. Yeah. Um, it must be very difficult when you know that you are going to be on the wrong end of the scoreline most weeks. And um, yeah, for them to go out and score a few nice goals in recent weeks, Tiana Bursa scored a um, a great goal as well for Curtin against Valcat the other week. So yeah. it's mm. nice to see them having a little bit of joy on the pitch in a tough season. But yeah. um, for yeah. Subiaco, a couple of goals from Mariana Tavain and a couple of goals from Dakota Van Vuts and. As I said, with two games left to be played on Sunday, um, it, it keeps their outside hopes for the top four push alive. OK, Tom, can I, can I ask why the, um, the NTC postponed a couple of games? Is, is there a reasoning behind that the, in okay. recent weeks? Yeah, so the NTC have been away on NTC Challenge View. So ah. basically, it's the, um, it's the competition which the NTC goes through. Well, I say every year, but obviously COVID has, has put that yeah. to, to pay in, in a couple of recent seasons. But... Yeah, it's basically the NTC side. Uh, the, I think it's under-17s only go across and they play against the other states. Um, so as a result, they've missed their last two games, uh, one of them against Red Star, one of them against Curtin, and somehow they still managed to stay fourth uh, <laughs> despite, despite missing those games. Mum FC and Balcatter um, have certainly missed opportunities in the last couple of weeks to really close the gap on them. And um, in terms of one of the games, or the game I'm actually doing tomorrow is NTC versus Balcatter. So it'll be good to see how they come back from challenge. Mm. And Balcatter, obviously, with Pierce Stonehill leading the line, yeah. they, they really need to get three points on um, on Sunday because if um, NTC win that game, they're going to be, I think, six points clear of Balcatter and they're going to have those two games and challenge. Yep. Um, so and still with games in hand, like we just said. So, yeah, they, they, they'd be pushing for, for second place because that would put them probably about four points behind Perth in second place. That actually answers a, uh, a question that uh, Pete and I were going to ask because the, the Cup semi-finals, yeah. we, we couldn't understand why there was such a, uh, a difference between the first semi-final being played and then the NTC semi-final being played, but you've just answered that for us. Yeah, so um, that was obviously uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I did that mm. game as well, Mum SP 
winning by Golson all over Fremantle City and yeah, a really good performance from, from David Biancuzo's team. I think he's done a really good job there with what's, what's been a really young team. Um, they're obviously still well in the hunt for the top four and they've, they've shown um, with, with that win over Frio and last night in that Red Star draw that they are capable of, of mixing it with the best. So they're through and then the second semi-final will be played on August 2 um, in a couple of weeks. Um, that'll be between NTC and Perth. So um, yeah, I think whoever comes through that NTC or Perth game um, to play my SC in that final will be a, um, a, a it'll be a really exciting final either way. Whoever gets through that other semi, and um, yeah, it'll be one of the first games to be played at the State Football Centre as well, which is also going to be an exciting occasion mm. for, for the women's game. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and yeah, uh, that's a discussion for another point. <laughs> We've had a couple of times. Of, you know, my views about the uh, the State Football Centre. Uh, uh, a very public and well known. I, yeah, I would have thought that had they built it for a um, a, a few more fans, it would have been an ideal um, venue for for all the uh, the cup semis and, and finals that uh, we see here in this uh, city. But that's a like I said, a story for a different time, and certainly one that we don't want to throw you under the bus under uh, Tom. <laughs> uh, I've been known to do that more than a few times, but not today. Uh, Tom Tia Stonehill, you mentioned, uh, like she's come back from from serious injury. It, what a, what a gun she is. She's fantastic, yeah. Um, she plays with a... I'm going I'm to call it a real infectious attitude. Yeah. <laughs> because because what, what she does in terms of her work ethic and her work rate, it brings the other players mm. in the team to, to sort of match that standard and, and to match that intensity. And that's, that's only a positive thing for, for Balcatta, um, I think, going forward as they look to try and push that top four in the back end of the season. They've got some very good players in that team, Um Baxter Hughes come back from New South Wales and, and Sadie Lawrence of, of Perth Glory. Yeah, that's right. Is, is in that midfield as well. Um, Monique Prinsloo, former NTC player, is, is Stonehill's strike partner. They've got a they've got a very good combination. I think twenty four goals between them this year in the league. So, um, but they're they're a good side, and um, yeah, they had a little bit of a slow start to the year. I think they only won one of their last five games. But they're certainly um, st- starting to find their groove. Obviously, a setback last week against Perth, um, but. Um, yeah, they're certainly going to be a team that's going to be very difficult to beat in this run-in. And, um, yeah, as I said, it's a real six-point to that one between them and NTC on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Tommy, the men's side of the NPL, how's that going? Um, Well, again, how do you want to chop this off here? Because I think there's 11 (laughs) points that are uh, separating top bottom in the league. It's just um, just crazy. I'll, I'll jump in first. What on earth happened to Matt Sterling Macedonia away at Coburn? I saw the result there, 3-0 to Coburn, and was like, hang on a sec. That that doesn't line up with their relative positions on the table. Well, it, it, just when we thought there was a little bit of separation at the top of the league, Pete, yeah. that Red Star and Sterling were going to sort of maybe pair off as the, as the two who were going to be leading the title race. But then, as you, as you mentioned before, um, Sterling went to Coburn, um, Something about Coburn and playing at home against teams that are, uh, are more fancy. Coburn really seems to rise to the occasion and, and seems to get good results in those games. I think they, um, I think they gave Red Star a real scare as well the week yep. before losing yep. three two in that game. So yeah, there's just something about the cock rules. Maybe it's that slight, smaller pitch at down that park. Maybe it's Corona Corner. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, but, but, um, but there's but there's just something about that, that ground and, and how they how they sort of rise like to rise. To the occasion and, and look under under Steve McDonald there um, they've got a player who's uh, sorry a coach there who's well known who was well known for his days in the state league and in the top flight as a um, as a player he sets them up really well makes them hard to beat and um, 
And they do have some, some good technical players like Jesse Lazaro, like Friday Zico, who can provide a, a, a moment of magic as Zico did on the weekend. So, yeah, I suppose um, I suppose from a selling perspective, that's kind of one that goes against the grain. Because mm. um, I think they were five games unbeaten before that. But um, in terms of Coburn, maybe not such a surprise given what we've seen over the years. And um, obviously, I suppose at the top as well, Red Star, Three yeah. Inglewood three, but Inglewood were leading that game three nil, and and Red Star launched a late fight back. So yeah, this this league just continues to deliver every week, guys. Yeah, oh, well, that uh, I cannot argue that. Like I said, the, the, the top to bottom. I mean, two good results, and all of a sudden you're in the top four. Three good results, you're top of the table. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 mad, really. I mean, I did the Flory at versus Sorrento game last week at the D Leader Stadium, and. Yep. That was a game between two teams who were sort of looking over their shoulders at those relegation places. Remember, of course, we do have the relegation playoff uh, position in 11th this year, yep. um, which, which means that they'll go into the uh, a, a sort of playoff, in a sense, with the second, third and fourth teams from Division 1, which I don't think any team's going to want a bar of that, given what we've seen no. and Western Knights and Fremantle City and, and Joondalup United this season, who, who are sort of in those positions at the moment. But, mm. yeah, it's... Um, it's going to be a really fascinating end to the season. I, I was talking to Red Star's um, Captain Blair Govan for an article I wrote during the week, and he, he was saying he's never seen anything like it in WA. And, and, and some other conversations that I've had with people around the league, it, you just get that sense that every game on every given weekend going into this end of the season is going to mean something, not just for the top of the league or the relegation zone, but also for that... Um, that top four race. I mean, you look at Armadale versus Perth today. Yeah. Um, yep. I think that's six versus seven this yes. afternoon. And I mean, if I'm the winner of that game, um, it's probably going to put themselves right back in the hunt for, for the top four and maybe even potentially the title. The loser of that will suddenly be looking over their shoulder <laughs> um, at, at those teams at the bottom with how hard it is. So it really is so fascinating. Well, you're right. Yeah, you know, Flory get the win, uh, and one of those two teams lose. Throw can go all the way from from second bottom to six. Uh, like, come on, what what is going on? <laughs> Parody. Well, just to give you, well, just to give you a little bit more context on that, Val Catter actually stayed up in eleventh place last season yep. um, with thirteen points, and, and bottom of the league, Inglewood, I think, have nineteen. Yes. Uh, yep, so that yep. tells, and there's still five rounds left. So that just tells you everything about how teams have just taken points off each other this season. Yeah, it's. So difficult, like you say, with 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 the, the the competitive nature, it's so difficult for a, for a team like I mean, I know I made the joke, you know, three wins and away you go, but the, it, it's so hard to get back to back wins in this uh, in this particular division. It is, yeah, <laughs> and like I said, just as you think that, um, just as you think that Red Star and Sterling are the team that it, the two teams that are going to pair off, um, they they sort of drop points at the weekend, and uh, and now Olympic Kingsway are, are suddenly in the hunt. They've got a <laughs> yeah. game, they've got a game in hand. Um, as well, and, and, and they're in a really good run of form at the moment under David Tuff. I think a lot of people were very high on them, yeah. having a promotion from Division 1 coming into this season. I think, I, I certainly had them as a real pusher for the top four, but they've certainly surpassed my expectations with what they've been able to do, and um, I suppose it's worth mentioning that there is a massive game looming, um, which will be played on August 5. Uh, that That's the game in hand between Sterling and Olympic mm. Kingsway, which is second versus third at the moment. And you get the sense that with the way the league is at the moment, if Kingsway can win that, they're going to be right in the title race. And, and, and from Sterling's perspective, that's a key game for them if they are to take um, the initiative over Red Star. So that um, that makeup game is it, that that's not going to be a standalone game, is it, Tom? Uh, it is actually because uh, wow. there is a vacant there is a vacant weekend of men. Uh, there is a vacant weekend on August five. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm not 100% in terms of the MPLWA men's fixture. Um, I'm not sure whether that was due to the Australia Cup or whether it's due to the FIFA Women's World Cup. I'm not 100% sure on the reasoning for that. But that is a open uh, weekend in the men's season. And there was a postponement earlier in the season. Uh, I can't quite remember the reason why, whether it was the pitch or, or whether it was um, something else. I, I can't remember, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, the, the fact that that, uh, that weekend, that standalone weekend there means that that game can be played. And, um, yeah, it, it should be one which all the eyes are going to be on. And oh, without a doubt. It should, be a great, it should be a great crowd at Kingsway for that one. And, obviously, Sterling, uh, a relatively local rival, is obviously two Macedonian clubs yes. um, <laughs> going ahead in that one. Tom, can I um, can I ask a question without notice? Will, will that be played at Kingsway? Will the uh, ground be freed from the FIFA requirements by that stage? That's where it's scheduled to be played, mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah. But, uh, to your point, I'll have to check into that. But that's where, that's, that's where it's scheduled to be played at the moment because um, those those two teams met in round one and that game was at Sterling. Um, so, yeah, we'll see where that reverse fixture is played, but at the moment it is scheduled for Kingsway. By, by the 5th of August, all the group stages, all the group matches for the Women's World yeah. Cup are done. So whether that means then that the FIFA restrictions lift in, in this area, yeah. I don't know. I did, I did see something uh, on one of the Facebook groups where they were saying if you needed to schedule a match, um, a catch-up match or something, there was like certain restrictions as to what what days, what times mm-hmm. you could do it because mm-hmm. you couldn't. Apparently, you can't do it when there's a women's World Cup match on. Like FIFA, it's like worth, no. But August fifth, that's yeah. So that's that's it's all done by then in in Western Australia, obviously. It's worth mentioning as well that Floriot Athena's Australia Cup round of thirty-two tie against yep. Western. Wanderers will also be played at Kingsway Reserve, and that was on the eighth or the ninth of August. I oh, think it's okay. Soon after that, so um, maybe the ground will be available by the fifth. Um, yeah. I'm not sure on the logistics. That's, that's something you have to yeah. put to uh, well to Football West. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, from, from from my understanding, I think the game will be played there. Yeah, no, Pete and I were talking off air, and uh, yeah, my my love for Planet FIFA is uh, <laughs> uh, as deep as. Um, my uh, local creek, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's another different story. Yeah, once they come in, uh, they take over. And I mean, uh, again, a different story. Well, we'll talk about that one off air. P, uh, Tommy, uh, Division One, please. Yeah, so I suppose the race is on for the title. And <laughs> yeah. unlike, it's all over the place. <laughs> and, and unlike the um, unlike the MPL men's competition, it looks like a clear two horse race there now with with Western uh, Western Knights and Manchester. Mm. Um, pairing off both of them eight points clear of third place in Lucky United and um, they're on this uh, pretty incredible winning mm. streak at the moment both of them they've not lost a game for quite some time yeah. but um, it, geez, if they can keep winning both of those two teams I think they actually meet in the penultimate game of the season oh, now. Oh, no. so that's going to be um, I think that one will be played down at Mandra's home ground as well so uh, yeah, Knights, I imagine, will uh, will travel in good numbers for that. Mantra are always well attended wherever they go in Division 1. Um, so, yeah, that, that's shaping up to be a terrific occasion if um, if indeed it does shape out that way. Um, in terms of the chasing pack, um, I mentioned before, Drew Glock, you know, the final White Eagles have mm. found a bit of form in the top four. Fremantle City had dropped out of the uh, top four for the first time um, last weekend. Yeah. Uh, third loss in a row against Squallop Croatia. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's, what's happened there because... Earlier in the season, Fremantle had knocked Perth out of the cup and they'd knocked Kingsway out of yep. the cup and they were mm. looking like a team with real attacking threat that were going to be able to do something in Division 1. But, yeah, it's a, um, it's a trend that they're going to have to arrest pretty soon if they are to, to make a late-season push for promotion. And then 
Um, I, I suppose further down at the bottom of the league, it looks as though Forestfield have been cast adrift. Just the just the one yeah, win yeah. for them this season. Um, it's been a tricky sort of couple of years for, for them. I understand without knowing too much about yeah, it. Yeah. And and Subiaco are at the moment in the um, relegation playoff position uh, mm. to Division Two. Mark Wingle, former Perth Soccer Club coach, has just gone there in the last few weeks, looking to turn their fortunes around. And they'll be chasing down Gosnells, who've had a pretty good season in coming up from. Um, Division two. I think that I think that Gosnells have drawn about seven or eight games this season in the league. And um, whilst um, yep. whilst they've not necessarily won the games that others around them have, they've been able to pick up points and not lose games. So that's been quite yep. handy for them. And um, I suppose it's a reason why they're five points clear of safety. Yeah. Yeah. So three wins, seven draws, six losses. Um, you know, competitive. That, that's that's the word. So yeah. You know, and um, twenty. Goals for 33 a game, so it's only the the odd goal every now and again that's uh, that, that's doing them in from from not being higher up on the table. Is Gosnells? Yeah, 100. percent But um, I, I suppose from the, the position they were in, obviously they lost Mark Anthony, their, their coach of, of a long time in the off season. He went to Morley Windmills, um, and they lost quite a lot of players as well at, um, at Gosnells. So look, it was a tough beginning to the season and a tough off season for them in terms of having to shake things up and change things around. So. I think if you'd had offered them having earned promotion and, and having probably expected a tough season, the chance to be five points clear of danger yeah, um, yeah. going into the final six rounds of the season, I think they would have probably ripped your hand off for that. And um, <laughs> and like I said, the fact that they've drawn seven of those games, as you say, Hugh, means that they've um, they've been competitive in a lot of them. And um, and if they can just eke out a few more points as the season develops, then then they're every chance of, of keeping their place in Division One for next season. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Division Two, Tom. Uh, Kingsley Westside are in, in control of this one. Yeah, uh, they yes, they are. Going, they look as though they're going to go up, um, barring a, a dramatic like collapse, really. I think they're... Uh, I've not got this on me, but they're five or six points clear at the top of the game in hand. Mm-hmm. They've yep, only lost correct. a couple of games all season, so it's going to be hard work for any of the case to, to match them um, in terms of the form, and, and obviously they're going to need some drop points to go their <laughs> way. Um, Morley Windmills have been pretty consistent. They look pretty good for one of those playoff spots, which goes down to fourth Fourth again. Um, I, I suppose the story, though, is, is Maddington, um, Callum under White City. Um, they were promoted from the amateurs last season. They find themselves up in fourth. I think mm. they've only lost something like two of their last 10 or two of their last 11. And it, it's given them a really good shake at, um, a, a really good shake at trying to earn back to back promotions. Um, Obviously, they were, they were one of the clubs which merged um, fairly recently as well in terms of Calamondas Juniors and, and at Maddington's uh, amateur side. So, mm-hmm. look, those mergers are something we've spoken about on the show before in terms of strengthening clubs. We've seen it before with Murdoch University in Melville and we've seen it with um, Caramar Shamrock Rovers and um, you sort of pulling resources together, making um, good clubs out of them. And, uh, and yeah, that, um, that transition from Maddington to Calamonda looks to be paying dividends and, uh, yeah, if they can earn back-to-back promotions, that would be a phenomenal achievement. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, we've had them on the show a few times. They're friends of the show, and mm. they, right from the word go, as disappointed as they were to be relegated, they went, it, "It's reset time." Yep. You know, let's let's not quite scrap it from and build it from the ground up, but we know where we went wrong. We know what we need to to improve, and we know that we can get better. They've got the facilities up there. It's a wonderful ground. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see them doing so well in, in, in that division. It is. And um, I, I suppose that's what the I suppose that's what these playoffs do. Um, yeah. 
they, they give they give teams an opportunity to to have an eye on something. If you, if we didn't have these playoffs, for example, this season, it would look as though I wouldn't say I'm not saying it's a boring league, but it would it would it would be a league with a lot less tension than it currently does at the moment in terms of um, Kingsley Westside being as far clear as they are and, yep. and looking as ominous as they are. It, it, it gives the likes of, of Maddington and Curtin and Swan United and Caramar Shamrock Rovers those teams in that sort of mid-table portion a chance to. To, to earn promotion and, and further strengthen their clubs and, and further develop and grow theirs. So I think it's something that, that, that's great in terms of what, what's been introduced um, this season in terms of the, the MPL Division 1 link as well. Um, I think the more opportunities that teams have to progress and, and to play MPL if they want, uh, I think that, that's good. And I think it also keeps the teams at the bottom of the MPL honest as well. Well, it most yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. how tight it is, but it, it keeps them honest as well in terms of um, not just trying to finish... Eighth or ninth or, or tenth every yeah. season, you know, you, because if, if you if you try and if you try and sort of scrap and do that, and you take your eye off the, the, the pedal that now that the uh, foot off the pedal, sorry, that the um, that you could get sucked into that eleventh place and, and suddenly find yourself against um, against a pretty good team in a two-legged semi-final. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's been advocated for a while, and I, I think it might be some of the points you've raised there, Tom, as to some of the reason why there was that pushback. You know, is it comfortable enough to go, well, we're not going to get relegated and we can yeah. build for next season, whereas now it's, no, 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 you, you can't build for next season because you don't know you what division you're in. You need to keep not, pushing yeah. today. Yeah. Mm. Certainly adds that excitement to, to the, the leagues throughout, which is fantastic for, for us as as supporters and uh, and for the teams as well. Like I said, Tom, it gives every game, um, apart from a few as, as we get closer to the end of the season, uh, that, that added spice of we need to win. Well, it's great for people like you and I who have uh, no skin in the game, you. But uh, for those who are involved at clubs, I'm sure I'm sure it's a little bit more stressful. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I think we can just sort of kick back with our feet up and uh, embrace the chaos. I suppose. For want of a <laughs> embrace the chaos. Oh, thank Tom. On that note, uh, thank you very much for joining us. We we always appreciate the time you give to the show. We know how busy you are, particularly on game day. Um, thank you very much. Anything else you'd like to leave us with before we let you uh, get onto your busy day? Uh, no, that, that, that's pretty. That's pretty much everything, other than go Matildas. Yes. Now, well, go on then. What, what did you? Uh, what's your take on that uh, that island game? Oh, I, I thought you could. Uh, I, I thought they actually. Um, I thought I thought Ireland actually played pretty well yeah. in the game. I think they did what they needed to do, and they made it really difficult for Matildas. Um, look, uh, they made it a little bit hard for themselves in the final fifteen or twenty minutes. I thought the Irish came at them really hard. Yeah. They changed mm. the formation slightly, and mm-hmm. they. They went a little bit more direct and, um, and and took a little bit more risk, and you could maybe just see that the weight of the the sort of expectation on the Matildas was was there. Obviously, with that big crowd, that opening yeah. game, that pressure of holding on to get the points, and they and they deserved to win the game, I think. But they just about got over got over the line against the fast finishing Irish team, who, who obviously had that really good chance at the end, and McKenzie oh, yeah. Arnold made that save. So, um, look, I think at the end of the day, you've just got to put that down and bank the three points. Um, yep. Especially with with Sam Kerr um, obviously out injured uh, pre game, that that might have rocked them a little bit as well. So, look, you take the three points, you put yourself in a good place to progress, and then hopefully you can get the job done in the next couple of games, and and you can maybe get Sam Kerr back um, for the knockout rounds. That's what I. That's exactly what yep. I said to, to to Pete off air. That uh, I think it's still a um, um, a continuation of the knock she took in the France game. Um, but they didn't want to say anything, and being that it was a hamstring, and let's call it whatever you want to call it, she's injured, unavailable, but she's already 
two weeks down the recovery uh, path and, and should be right. I, as I said to Pete, I'm pretty sure uh, we may not see her. And Pete's got a scenario that uh, would yeah. reco- uh, makes Sam's appearance in the last game, if results go our way, uh, irrelevant, that we can rest her for at least another game and we'll see her in the, quarter for, uh, the uh, round of 16. Yeah, I, I was saying to, to Hugh, look, with the men's team in the World Cup, we're happy to get out the group phase. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, let's be honest. If we come second, we're happy. Um, I think with the women's team, we're looking a bit further and we don't want to finish second in the group, no. if possible, yeah. um, because, again, if the other groups go to script, that would mean we faced England in that's the right. second round. If England top the group. As, yeah, right. Assuming they win their group and so forth. So, obviously, we want to not just get out of our group. We want to finish top of the group. Um, with the draw between Nigeria and Canada, that mm. worked very well oh, for yeah. Australia. Because if we can beat Nigeria in the next game, and if Canada Ireland's a draw, which obviously is here in Perth, if that one finishes at a draw as a draw, as well, uh, that means in the last group match, it doesn't matter what happens, we win the group because um, we'll be on six points. Everyone else is on two points. We can, li- well, not that we would, but we could literally send out a second string side. Yep. Didn't matter if we lost ten nil, we'd still finish top of the group. Yep. Uh, and I think that's that would be like the ideal scenario to give Sam that extra game uh, to, to recover. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to going into the last group go- match going, look, we're through, but we still want to win this because we still want to finish top of the group and, and dodge England uh, in the second yeah, round. Yeah, and as we discussed... Uh, sorry, Tom, you please. Oh, no, I was just about to say, yeah, that's absolutely right. Although I think with the way the draw is for, for the Matildas, it, 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 it's looking like it's going to be pretty tough anyway. I mean, assuming that in, uh, they avoid finishing second and, um, and England win their group. I think many on paper would anticipate, although it never ever works out that way. <laughs> yeah, it never yeah. always works out that way, of course. But but Denmark is still going to be a very difficult opponent in the yeah. round of um, in the sixteen potentially. Anyway, I think they yeah. play the runner up of. Uh, I think it's probably going to be Denmark or or maybe even China. That's yep. right. Yep. Who, who are playing tonight? So I think maybe the winner of that game tonight um, will really take a grasp on second. Um, China, obviously the. Uh, Asian Cup winners fairly recently, and Denmark obviously with players such as Miller Harder, who um, most recently was at Chelsea playing up front. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a fascinating game tonight. And, uh, yeah, I'm actually off to that one as well. So, uh, yeah, plenty of football going around. I think we all are. Yep. So, so that's going to be a crowd of at least three, because yep. <laughs> all, all three of us will be there. <laughs> Good on you, Tom. Thank you very much for joining us. You have a, a wonderful day, and uh, if we cross paths at the, uh, at the game tonight... You know, it's my shout for the beer. Uh, uh, Budweiser's all round because we'll be in Planet FIFA for a, uh, for another fun-filled adventure in the world of FIFA. Um, good calling for today. You calling today, Tom, or not? No, just the women's tomorrow, NCC and Valcada. Yep, because you got the game tonight. Yeah, that's right. Okay, good on you, Tom. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to ca- catching up with you again uh, during the uh, season. Not much to go uh, in that time frame, but it, like it's the you important said, bit of the season. That's right. Yeah. The exciting, pointy end of the season is coming up very, very quickly. Pleasure as always, guys. Thanks again, and uh, speak soon. You bet. Thank Thanks, you very Tom. much. That was our favourite football West reporter, Tom Dolman, who was joining us live and not on assignment for a change. So he uh, he actually, yeah, I, 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 off, I, I yeah. stopped him having the sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just an update on the uh, Women's World Cup, yep. USA versus Vietnam. 6-0. We're at the 73rd minute of the game. Eight-nil. The score is still 2-0 to Jeez. the USA. Ten minutes ago, they did a sub. They took Alex Morgan off and bought... Megan Rapinoe on. So how's that for a sub you'd like to be able to do? Well, and that's, again, what the US were saying, that um, a bit like uh, Gustafsson with the 23 and 23, um, you know, as he did. Like, let, let's take, was it Courtney Viney took, no, took off Mary Fowler and brought on bloody um, Van Egmont. You think, yeah. holy crap, like, 
that's that's some depth in the squad. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, a discussion we will have in the second hour when we talk to our favourite uh, reporter from Tasmania, Molly Appleton. Joining us on the air very, very soon is Cass Greenwell, the uh, high school teacher and soccer coordinator, and she is the UWA NFC Social Committee Chair who will be talking to us about UWA and their push to get into the Australian University Games. Stick with us. You're with Pete and Hugh on 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. It's just gone 20 minutes to 11am. We're here till 12. Plenty more to come. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www futsalwa.org.au The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. <laughs> and anyway, so it's 8-0 now, uh, Pete. What's going on? No, we're still sitting at 2-0 to the uh, States. They've, whether they've taken their foot off their gas or... Foot of, 2-0. The US take the foot off the gas at 2-0. Oh, OK. Never 23 mind. shots for the US, five on target. So it's not a super great, you know, accuracy rate. Not really. Uh, it's still 0-0 zero and zero for, the, uh, for Vietnam. Unlucky. Joining us on the line now is Cass Greenwell. Good morning, Cass. How are you today? Good morning. I'm really good, thanks, and thanks for having me. No, it is our pleasure. As you know, we are always happy to support local football on this particular station, even though we're called the World Football Program. <laughs> A lot of our content is from the local area, Perth in particular. Cass, you have been super, super busy. But before we get there, can you tell us the Cass Greenwell football story, please? Um, yeah, so I, I'm from Perth originally, and when I my family moved to Taiwan when I was about eight, and that's when I started playing football at my school in Taiwan. It was an American school, so they didn't play any hockey or anything like that, so that's mm-hmm. when I kind of picked it up. And we moved to the Philippines for five years, kind of make it into the Women's World Cup for the first time. Yep. Um, and played there for five years, and then I came back to Perth and started playing for UWA. I've been there for about... 12 years playing at that club. 12 years? 
So, yeah. <laughs> so the position, please. Tell me you're a, a superstar striker banging in 30 goals a season. Uh, unfortunately not. I am a centre-back. <laughs> <laughs> centre I have back. been the captain for the first team for quite a while, but this year um, taking on the role as coordinator of the soccer academy at my high school that I teach at has meant that I've stepped down, but I have scored a few centre-back goals this year, which has been pretty fun. Nothing is that, a, nothing is that a euphemism for scoring an own goal? Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Okay, just checking. But I would claim that too. No. <laughs> I was going to say, hang on a minute, Cass. I'll just uh, put Pete in the headlock. Give him a couple. Of, that, that, that's not right. Centre back. Love a love a centre back going forward. So yeah, banging in goals from from long range. That's that's good work. Cass, we've got you on because UWA have got some exciting news. Do you want to uh, pass on, please? Yeah. So UWA is once again going to Union Uni National. Um, this year it's in the Gold Coast and we're looking to put forward a women's football team and a men's football team, but we desperately need more players um, to go ahead. It's a huge competition. It's so much fun. It's a week-long in-surface paradise. You play during the day, normally one to two games, all reduced time, um, and then you go out for dinner with your teammates afterwards. You hang out with them. I went all five years. I was at uni and had an absolute blast. Yeah, no, I um, was lucky enough when I still had two working knees to referee <laughs> a few of the uh, the uh, uni championships and uh, when the Asian uh, championships came to UWA, I think that was in 2012, I was lucky enough yeah. to be in that one and was um, given the great honour of refereeing the final. Thank you very much, Matthew Cheeseman. Oh, amazing, awesome, yeah. It was two Chinese sides. He, he taught me what I thought was... Um, Chinese for hey cut that out but apparently it was Chinese for some sweary words so <laughs> there was a bit of a, a bit of some argy bargy so I've gone up to uh, the pair of them and used my hey cut that out and the both of them went all and ran away very quickly uh, half time I went back to Mr Cheese and I said Matt um I, I used those words he goes you didn't I went well yeah you told me you told me it was stop and he goes yeah, it is, but not in stop like you think it is. I went, oh, that would explain uh, why there's been nothing. So the first, like I said, the first couple of minutes, it was kick, 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 and then I've come out with that one, and it was, oh, let's just push the ball around and play properly. I went, good on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cass, do you, do you play locally? Yeah, I do. I still play for UWA. Oh, it is still for UWA. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, love it. The club culture there is amazing. We've yeah. got, like I said to you um, through message, we've got a barbecue for our Joey soccer today, mm-hmm. which I'll be at with a lot of the other women, and they're doing a bit of a session with the women's first team, trying to encourage the younger girls to keep playing soccer and stay in the sport. Yep. So it's really good, really good community club. Yes, I know. I, I, I got my UWA NFC jacket one time when I was down there on a, <laughs> on a particularly freezing uh, Sunday morning where I'm um, under the, the shelter of the, uh, the, the the club room there. Yeah. And, and the guys are going, I said, mate, like, I am absolutely freezing. He goes, oh, we've got jackets on sale. I went, uh, you've got big sizes for, uh, you know, a, a, a large type man <laughs> like myself. And they went, all sizes. And because you're a referee, we'll give you a discount. I went, yeah, that that's considered a bribe, but uh, how much of a discount? So yeah, I've got my got my green UWA NFC j- jacket. It's uh, yeah, it's still one of my favourites. You're lucky. I would have thought they'd charge you more because you're a referee. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Again, how he went during the game. Maybe they got him to pay a bit more afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I did make that joke. I said, "So what? The discount is they're normally thirty, and for me it's fifty. And yeah. they went, "No." <laughs> they just assumed you couldn't see the price tags. You didn't have your, your walking stick and your guide dog. 
Oh, that's it, Pete. You're not coming back. <laughs> I'm revoking that world's greatest wingman tag. Come on now. That's not right. Correct, but not right. <laughs> so who have you got this weekend? Uh, Cass, are you playing tomorrow? Yeah, we're playing Subi tomorrow in a top-of-the-table clash. Um, so that would be interesting. I haven't played a Subi side in quite a long time. So, yeah, excited to play and see what they like. Actually... Cass, I've just pulled up the, the league table here. I'm assuming I'm looking at the right one here. But it, it only shows that you guys, like, there's only like about five games played in the season. Is that right? Or is, is it? Yeah, yeah. So we had we had about six weeks of grading beforehand. Oh, and then right. um, they split Division 2 all the way down to, I think, about Division 8 oh. um, based on the grading. Yeah, it's a bit unfortunate because... You know, all the goals that were scored by people were then erased. And <laughs> start again. <laughs> so, seriously, so start again. So, if you've got, for an example, you, your striker's got 10 goals and then the grading comes up, you, you then go back to zero? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's my understanding then, yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay, because we've been trying to get our head around this grading system. You've been involved in it. Can you give us a layman's, layperson's term on, on how that actually worked? Because was it split... After the first initial uh, phase of the season, the top five and then the, the bottom five split into two different, or was it something more complicated than that? No, it seemed a lot more complicated than that. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was almost like um, every every club's kind of second team was put into this grading, and unless you had nominated to be in the Metro's competition. Yeah. Um, and it was just a random draw on who you played. So some clubs played teams and they were winning, you know, 15 nil and stuff, whereas I feel like UWA had every single hard team possible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We managed to win, um, but, you know, we didn't have a blowout game, unfortunately. So, um, And then from that, after the kind of five or six weeks, they just split it based on the wins, losses and draws. Yep. Okay, so how... Well, okay. Uh, Again, I'm trying to get my head around. So... Pete's got the, the, the schedule in front of him. So how many games are you going to play in this particular phase? Is it, like, eight games? Um, so you play each well, other now once. we're into the normal season. I think there are eight teams in our in our league, yep. in our Division 2. So, yeah, we'll have seven games and then we'll go into the next round. I think we're already playing everyone twice. Yeah, it's, I've just pulled the, ladder, the fixtures up here. So it's, mm. it is 14 rounds. Right. So it is play every team one, uh, twice, home and away. Yeah. So you're not finishing till the middle of October? September 17. September 17. <laughs> I was going to say, I better not keep going till the middle of October. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're making the finals, so then it doesn't matter. <laughs> is, it, is it winner take all or will there be a top four, do you know, Cass? I don't know yet, actually. Uh, last year it was a winner takes all. Good. Um, I'd like a cheeky top four, though, in case we don't win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let's take that bet each way. You know, we, we, won, <laughs> we won first past the post. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. What if we finish third? Oh, yeah, no, we'll do a top four. <laughs> oh, good one. Kat, I, I did uh, gossip. Over... So how do we get in touch if uh, we want to go to the uh, UWA Australian University Games? Yeah, so if you go to the UWA Sports website, um, they have a link there to register your interest. Mm. Also, if you just contact UWA Netherlands, just on their Facebook page or via email, which is all on their website as well, um, everyone can point you in the right direction to get into this team. 
Yeah, and I, I, I brought up. The, sorry. Oh, so, or you can jump onto our Facebook page because we're about to have a link to it. Right. Pete, oh, you guys are the best. Go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you say you guys, that's Pete trying to get his uh, greatest wingman in the world status reinvoked. Yeah. Okay, mate. Okay. We'll, we'll put you on the pending waiting list for that one. All right. I'll see how I go. <laughs> and I, I, I did bring up the UWA um, uh, Facebook, and it's not just for uh, for men and women's soccer. There's, there's all sorts of sports that uh, they're looking. Yeah. Uh, so hockey, um, netball, tennis, volleyball, and like I said, when I was um, lucky enough to go to those university games, it was just well organised chaos. There was people everywhere. <laughs> I had uh, had an occasion where there was a, a team come, and I won't mention the university, but uh, they didn't have enough players for all the sports. So they actually asked uh, because half the team came over from the uh, AFL side, and of course they're all wearing their AFL particular coloured guernseys and singlets went, yeah well yeah <laughs> sleeveless jerseys and they went can we play in these because it matches the same colour and I went mm, do I do I be a complete um you know nasty person and put on my reference hat because the laws of the game state you need sleeves thanks yep. to Nigeria mm. Cameroon Cameroon in the 2002, thank you. Who proceeded to take the mickey by wearing black sleeves. That's right. I thought that was that, hilarious. Yeah, they did too. <laughs> so you need you need sleeves on your jersey. And I went, uh, and they went, come on, mate, we haven't got enough players. And I went, well, give us a look at your boots. And they were wearing proper soccer boots, not uh, yeah. not uh, rugby boots. And I went, yeah, go on then. You know, it was, <laughs> that's the fun of that game. And, of course, that was such fun. Like, you see AFL footballers trying to kick a soccer ball. I'm going, <laughs> oh, my goodness, look at this. <laughs> so they did have um yeah you, you could see the spine was soccer players yeah. <laughs> and the peripherals were just don't kick it to them <laughs> we did last year the team did have a few um ring-ins we had a netball girl playing and she was actually amazing she just kept running it was so good but um yeah uni games is great for that because you do meet so many people from other sports as well which is so much fun yeah i can do you my netball story in, in that same uh, that same uh, competition. They uh, one of the the girl sides uh, again from the eastern states had a couple of netball players. <laughs> They've had a corner. They've gone. No, no. You can see the keeper. Get on the get on the post. Get on the post. You just stand there, <laughs> right? So she's standing there. She was wearing her netball skirt, so you could you could tell she was the netball player. <laughs> Which again, <laughs> I thought, well, that's not exactly the correct uh, attire. But I'm not going to do anything silly about this one. And a shot. Probably, you know, a, a bit like your position. Shot from outside the box comes in, and she catches the ball. <laughs> no, <laughs> pass it, pass it to a teammate, and then they're looking at like she literally caught it. I thought that's a great catch. Passed it, netball style, and then went the look in her face, and I went, oh no. <laughs> Which in those days it was a, a send off offence. So I've gone, oh. and the other oh. team were winning at that stage. Well, by yeah, it, was, it ended up being a cricket score, but they were well up. Yeah. So, so I've gone to him. I said, like, come here. And I've brought over the, like, I'm motioning to the other captain. I said, come here. So I said to the, the netball lady, come here, you stand there. The other captain. I said, come here, captain. And he goes, you've got to send her off. You've got to send her off. I said, she's a netball player, mate. I said, that, that's a great stop for netball and a super pass. Yeah. I, said, I said, what I will do, being that you're going to score from the penalty spot, because you don't know that ref. I said, well, I've seen you play and I know the keeper here. I said, you know, no offence, keeper. And uh, <laughs> give her the yellow card. And they went absolutely ape. Really? I'm going, mate. Yeah. We're, we're, we're here for the fun of it. She, yeah. She's filling in. Like, what's your problem? She's been sanctioned. You get the penalty, which they ultimately scored from. And, yeah. I, and through the rest of the game, I end up having to caution the captain. 
Mm. Because she kept going, no, 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 no. I said, well, I've had enough of that one. Here, here's your card. Mm. What's yeah. that for? I said, that's for you being unsporting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, what? I said, yellow card, unsporting behaviour. But I haven't done anything. I said, you've been in my ear. That's enough. <laughs> 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 but that's the fun of, of the university games. I, I absolutely love it. Like I said, if I still had two working knees, I'd be be getting on that tra- plane to, uh, to the Gold Coast as well, and particularly travelling away, mm. you mm. know, the old... And I've had that T-shirt made up. You know what? What goes on tour stays on tour. We all know that, Pete. <laughs> yep, yep. Been there. And on the Gold Coast, oh my goodness, what's going to go on tour there? <laughs> Gee, oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it is the best spot for it, though. A lot of us that are currently still at UWA, we all went to uni games, and we were like, should we just enrol in a unit? At uni and just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and give gift baskets to everyone in the in the local area. There's going to be a bit of noise, but like you know, we won't be here long. <laughs> I've been known to do that. You go next door, that there might be a bit of noise. Here, here's some chocolate, bottle of wine, you know, earplugs. <laughs> oh, oh, Cass, it's uh, it's so nice to talk to you about uh, UWA. Ha- so. How did the first phase of that um, the season go? Did, did did you top your first phase or, or or not? Yeah, we actually ended top of the ladder after the um, um, grading. Yeah, and then our first game we lost against Melville. That was a bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> but since then we've done well. We haven't lost yet, so hopefully we can keep that going from now on. Yeah. Again. Trying to get my head around how this is working because you, you're not the only division where this has occurred. Did you get a trophy for topping the the division? No, which is so rude. Cheeky surely, oh, surely we get a trophy. <laughs> you, you all went out and got tattoos. Surely, <laughs> we yeah. championes. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> We're the top of grading. Surely, surely yeah. a trophy. That has to be. You know. Oh. I'm sure the bean counters are saying, well, grading's not a competition, so we don't have to buy trophies for it. But we yeah. played, we kept score, we had kept points. <laughs> it was it's a, it's a preliminary pre-season. <laughs> preliminary pre-season, players got suspended. Where's, where's the dust collector? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> dust collector. I think you guys need to be running Football West soon. Seriously. Oh, don't, don't. Could you imagine what a clown show that would be? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Huey, we want to do this. Yeah, go ahead, mate. Uh, well, uh, hang on. Yeah, no, leave the jacket over there. That's all you need. You know, I'll tick that box. You leave the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Cass, have you been watching the World Cup? Yeah, a little bit. Not as much as I'd like to. Unfortunately, we still had training on the Matildas um, oh. first game. Everyone was so devastated. We still had to train. Um, but, yeah, I've watched as much as I can in and around work. Okay, so which games but, did you get to see, Cass? Oh, I rewatched the Matildas game. Yep. And then I watched a little bit of the um, first uh, New Zealand game as well. Yep. And I'm going to the game tonight in Perth. There's That's four, four of us. There's four of us. We'll meet you there. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> so, <laughs> We've got a crew. Yeah, we got, <laughs> we got a crew. The buds are on me. <laughs> now, as a, uh, a centre-back, Katie McKay, how did she avoid getting the yellow card? I mean, she was kicking everything except the ball. Oh, I do not know how that happened. Oh Seriously. My, it was, <laughs> I'm looking at that going, well, that's another one. That's another one. That's another one. Surely that's persistent misconduct. There's another one. Crikey, that's that's a bit rude. I know. Oh I don't know how she didn't injure someone. Like, oh. Seriously. Yeah, uh, Hayley Razzo was on the uh, receiving end of more than a few of those. I thought, oh, yeah. Hell? Well, 
Razo started to fire up, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> well, once it's not getting cold, it's very frustrating. Like, what's she going to do? Just get taken out? <laughs> yep. And, and again, she's going to need that uh, that that mentality playing for Real Madrid now. She uh, mm. recently got the yeah. transfer from Man City. But, yeah, to, to continually get kicked like she did oh. and, and just kept getting up going, oh, well, no worries. Check the scoreboard. We're winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing they won because I think she would have been much more annoyed if they had ended up drawing that game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the, the pre uh, post match interview, Katie McKay's going, oh, you know, it was, was physical. I'm thinking, yeah, you, you caused me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say it was physical. Wow. <laughs> so you, you, myself, and Pete will be uh, in in the crowd to watch that uh, Canada Island game coming up. Unfortunately, not the Canada oh. Island game. I know um, we have parent-teacher interviews at my school, yes. so that's yeah. Oh. So you know, t- t- I can't, I can't ditch that. Apparently, so take the more important. So, yeah, parent-teacher. We, we can schedule that for tomorrow. The World Cup yeah, side. Totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> you can do it out. out can't the... you just do the interview at NIB Stadium? That's it. Oh. I think that could work. Yeah, yeah. just call in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, change of venue. We're all going to be at Forest Chase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cass, we could giggle like this all day. <laughs> it's been so much fun. Um, so, once more, before we let you go, is that well, before we let you go? Is there anything else you'd like to have a chat to us about? No, not really. Just as many people as we can get to uni games. That would be amazing. Absolutely love um, how football is going in the state. The media around it. The number of kids participating now is just sensational. And you guys are a big part of that, a big help to that, oh, raising awareness oh, on the sport. So on. thank you very much. Oh, come oh, on you. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we've got our new weekly guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Telling us all about grading competitions and not winning dust collectors. Tough. <laughs> <laughs> Cass, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we really do appreciate your time today and good luck on the Barbie and good luck tomorrow against Subi. Local thank Derby. Thank you very much. Yeah. Do you call Have that a, a good local one. Derby? What was that, sorry? Do you call that a local derby, UWA Subiaco? Seeing as it's yeah, Western we Australia, yeah. it would be a derby, yeah. not a derby, I've got to say. Yeah, it's the local derby. Derby, not a derby. No one calls it a derby here. <laughs> Jeff, what did I call it? Derby. Yeah, hello. Are you from the Eastern States? <laughs> what country do you think this is, Pete? Derby. Uh, just like the town up north, derby. I say derby as well. Everyone yep. says derby in Western Australia. <laughs> local, Hughes, local derby. He called it a derby again. That's what it's called. <laughs> derby. What? Oh, it's got an E in it, not an A. Cass, Cass, how do you pronounce it? Derby. Thank you, Cass. Oh, these, he- <laughs> these headphones aren't working properly. <laughs> it's like a derby. Derby. <laughs> All right. Uh, listeners, you can uh, get in touch with Pete's Facebook page and tell me how, tell me how correct I am. Oh, turn it up. <laughs> On that note, Cass... Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you have fun. Enjoy that parent-teachers night. We'll be uh, we'll be down in the uh, the Budweisers, and we'll have one for you for for, for sure. And uh, we'll <laughs> we'll be yelling at uh, Katie McCabe uh, on, on your behalf, going, "Good on you, Katie! Get her again!" Because <laughs> we've got Canada in the last game, yeah. So, yeah. so we need her to kick the crap out of any Canadian she can get. <laughs> <laughs> and judging by her uh, uh, Matilda's performance, she's going to kick everybody, including the keeper. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. You have a great day. Uh, and like I said, enjoy that barbecue today um, and 
have a great day uh, on the pitch tomorrow. Thank you very much. Have a good one, guys. You bet we will. Thank you. See ya. Bye. That was Cass Greenwell, who is looking for players for the university games up on the Gold Coast. And it's all linked on our Facebook page. And score update for the US versus Vietnam. 6-0. 3-0. 98 minutes gone, 3-0. Rapino score? No, uh, it was someone else who scored. Rodman. Horan. Oh. Did Did she start? She may have subbed on. May have subbed on. Yeah, no, she subbed on uh, 75th minute mark. Okay. And then scored two minutes later. (laughs) Yeah. Hello, coach. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, you. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. That's the old pat on the back. Yeah, no, you can come off. You've done nothing. You get on there. Oh, goal there. How good am I? Yeah. (laughs) Super coach. Well done. He, um, yeah, Liz Ellis was, um, no, it's not Liz Ellis. I've got her name wrong. The, The previous US coach. Yeah, she uh, had a habit of doing that, going, eh, it's not really working. Off you come, on you get. Oh, yeah, look, there's another goal. <laughs> 90, would you say 90, 93rd, 94th minute? So uh, really 98th minute now. 98? So we're, we're late, very late into the game. Bloody Pierre-Luigi Colina with his let's add on the correct amount of time, which is still not being done, but... Look, I've always felt, you know, people can't complain about time-wasting. Yeah. Um, I don't like it, but I'm also of the opinion that if the... Timekeepers are doing their job properly. It shouldn't be an issue. If someone wants to roll around for five minutes and and yada yada yada, that's fine. We had five minutes on at the end. Um, yeah, but you know we've, we've seen some some VARs, um, and, and that's his thought process. Well, if we're going to use VAR, and we're going to use that technology. We need to add on that time. I mean, yep. We saw in that um, the, the previous World Cup where that England game actually had on the best part of twenty eight minutes of added time. Yep, I mean that's just ridiculous. Well, if there's been 28 minutes worth of stoppages, why is it ridiculous? Well, there was a couple of injuries there, there as well. Yeah, that, that's sure enough. All right. Thanks, Pete. And like I said, many thanks to Cass Greenwell uh, from UWA NFC. She is the um, social committee uh, chairperson and is doing great guns there. So get uh, on your socials or out on our social if you are interested in going to the Gold Coast and having a whale of a time playing at the Australian University Games for UWA Netherlands. After the break, we will be having Molly Appleton, the advocates reporter from Devonport. She is now currently based in Melbourne. And we will get into the World Cup in a more heavy content for going all the games from the the opening game of um, New Zealand, the Matildas game. Oh, here's one for you, Pete. When did uh, the phrase "go Tillies" come from? How long's that been around? Oh, I think that's. I think some advertising adjective has come up. Go Tillies. In the last last six months. I, you know, that's the one we should be having an argument on how to pronounce it. I'm pretty sure it's called Matildas, not Tillies. Go Matildas. Well, Australians like to shorten words. Yeah, by adding extra words. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my name Huey is short for Hugh. Hugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, Huey. <laughs> Oh, the amount of times I've had that argument with people again. What's Huey short for? It's short for Hugh. What? No, I don't understand that. No, no, we're in Australia. Anyway, Molly Appleton to come up very, very shortly after this break. You are on the World Football Program, 107.9 Radio Fremantle. It has just gone 10 past 11. We're here till 12 every Saturday morning. And we are here thanks to our sponsors and partners, Futsal WA, Perth's biggest and best, and the premier futsal competition in WA. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing, gate and automation and Gate and Fence Hardware WA for all your related hardware and automation package. 
to DIY and make your place look here we go, Pen. Schmicko! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm reading that from there. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.
and the whole world is wondering, what's it going to take to stop this U.S. team? Easy luck. We mark Alex. Marvel Rose. Or Trinity. Poor bloody Rapino. Rapino scores! We could get younger players. They already did that. We have veteran experience. Listen to what you're saying. That is a world-class combination. Their flights could get canceled. Seriously? We can steal their players. It's quite simple, really. You train for four years in an AR simulation that mimics their every move. Yeah. Initializing crystal dot. I got it. We go back in time and stop them from ever playing soccer. It's a great game. You'll love it. Wait. Are you just describing the plot of Terminator? What's it going to take to stop this U.S. team? You're better, faster. Slower. Rougher. Nicer, eh? Play with passion. With style. With precision. Je ne sais quoi. I mean, the entire world is going to do whatever it takes to stop the U.S. Good luck with that. You think playing like a girl is easy? Let me show you what it takes. Playing like a girl is a hustle. Don't expect to be paid like Messi or Ronaldo. There's money in the women's game, but not much. Be ready to get an extra job or two. Playing like a girl means you have to be your biggest fan. Because the cameras won't always be focused on you. And if you want to catch their eye or even get a sponsor, people will tell you to use your looks. They may even tell you to listen to Sepp Blatter and wear tighter shorts to get a bigger audience. <laughs> Playing like a girl means that when you get to the World Cup, you're armed to the teeth with nothing but resilience. You're not competing on an equal playing field because your field will make you bleed, burn, and bruise even more. And you take it like a girl. Playing like a girl means having thick skin. You'll be told that your game is boring, that you're not as skilled as the guys, and what you achieve won't be cause for celebration. But you have the satisfaction of knowing that a woman has outscored the likes of Neymar, Benzema, Suarez, and Ronaldinho. And when you play like a girl, you never let your guard down. You keep your eyes on the ball. Because though uncertainty rules your world, it doesn't rule you. Yeah, the odds are great. But since when do you back down from a challenge? You are fierce and prepared. You are ready to outrun the naysayers, the haters, and anyone who told you you're weak. Because you've got what it takes. You said you wanted Sam Kerr and the Matildas to come to Perth, Western Australia, and the McGowan government has delivered. For the Matildas to come to Perth, uh, particularly for the first competitive game in its history, it's just an exciting opportunity for the local young female players to look up and aspire to what they might want to be. Australia will play against some of the top teams in Asia. We're playing Chinese Taipei, we'll play against Iran, and we'll also play against the Philippines. This is an important competition for the Matildas. 
it's a, a qualifying campaign. We need to win these matches in order to play in Paris in 2024. I'm looking forward to see the Matildas play in their backyard, especially Sam coming back home, playing in front of her family and friends. We've made this happen, actually. We're part of the legacy, part of Sam Kerr, <laughs> Lydia. <laughs> this will produce a festival of football. It's very exciting because we'll have overall six games of spectacular international women's football played across a week-long tournament between the 26th of October and the 1st of November. Greatness is all around us. On pitches, fields, and playgrounds, at home, and far away. It lives in the past, and it's in the faces we look up to, and in those we see every day. Greatness is all around us. It takes us beyond limitations beyond possibility. Beyond doubt. Beyond expectations. The only question is, where will it take us next? The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Apologies for that. That uh, 04 tuna track wasn't the one I wanted to tee up, and that was the uh, doof doof uh, version. So uh, <laughs> if you're still listening, my apologies for that one. Uh, we are having a few issues trying to get Molly Appleton on air. Uh, she said she wouldn't be available till after um, about this time. So uh, I, I thought she would be available. But we're still endeavouring to get in touch with her. P, you've got some stats there from the US-Vietnam game, and you're telling me that 49% passing accuracy from Vietnam is not good enough. I Disgust. do not think it is. So, right. so the game's finished. It's it's three nil to the US. So mm-hmm. decent decent result to the US. Uh, yeah, forty nine percent accuracy uh, on the passing. That's that's the stat that jumped out at me. I mean, right. The US obviously dominated the game in possession. Right. Uh, but uh, I don't think anyone would think one out of every two passes going where they intended them to go would be an would be a decent score. Okay. Well, let, let's. Um, um for, for comparison, just I was by the way, say, let's do uh, the comparison. Switzerland against the Philippines, which right. again, you know, the Swiss dominated. Philippines still had sixty-five uh, percent passing accuracy. Yeah, and they they played quite well. The yeah, they Philippines. did. So, what was the passing accuracy of the US then? Uh, US's passing accuracy was seventy-nine percent. Thirty percent better. Thirty percentage points better. Yes. Sorry to get technical there. It's like a derby versus a derby. It's still it. it oh, don't. It's a derby. Everyone knows that. It's a derby. So anyway, US, USA, and obviously the US now sitting top of that group. Uh, the other two teams in in that group, uh, and this is one of the New Zealand based uh, groups. Yes, it is. Uh, Netherlands versus Portugal, which gets played tomorrow. So get to see. Yeah, and it's the Portuguese again. The um, the Iberian coast uh, are really going gangbusters by sinking in a fair amount of money into the development of the game. The, the geography nerd in me just got a tingle when you said Iberia there. Thanks, was, mate. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why it made me giggle that you got the giggle out of the bamboo curtain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not heard that one before. If you, yeah, well, there's the geography nerd. Yeah, get yeah. some education. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the Portuguese um, have, to, to a, 
and extent neglected the, the, the female development of, of their game, mm-hmm. uh, as did the, the Spanish. As um, you may or may not know, the, the Spanish side with two-time uh, World Player of the Year, uh, Alexis uh, Putales uh, in the side, have only qualified for the World Cup, including this one, three times. And I'd, I'd missed the story. You might know it better, but something happened with the Spanish team about a year ago and had a revolt against the coach, but yeah. the coach won that one? Yeah, so there was... Yeah, and the coach, I've forgotten his name, um, ex-Barcelona uh, and, and Real Madrid youth player, which automatically puts him in rare air to go, you were a youth player at both of those clubs? Like, what happened? <laughs> They're a fair distance apart. Vilda. Thank you. He um, was... Again, allegedly mm-hmm. um, pushing the, the squad to become better. Yeah, and we saw them in the Euros last year, where they they were better and were one of the favourites. And in their warm up game, uh, beat the Matildas, the Tillies. <laughs> oh, Not a fan of that no, one. Eh? It's never going to come out of my mouth again. Sorry, listeners. Beat the Matildas eight nil. Yep. Um, but as uh, I said at that time last year, that the Matildas were. Uh, using that game as development for the 23 in 23. The result wasn't, for us, uh, an accurate reflection of how the team was playing. Mm-hmm. But the Spanish side, when this revolt was happening, was at that time at its peak, and they were pushing to there. But the main thought process uh, of that revolt was conditions yeah. and, more importantly, um, equal pay. Now, FIFA have increased not to the same extent as the the male side of the game. They have increased payments to the member federations, not particularly to the Matildas, if I use them as the Matildas, or or the Lionesses. The Lionesses have a similar um, dispute ongoing with their federation as well. But the Spanish women's team had that same thing. We're not not really happy with uh, the conditions and the pay structure that we're currently under. We are one of the favours favourite teams to win the Euros. We have qualified for the World Cup. We believe we deserve more. And the Spanish FA, such as the case of the English FA, uh, FIFA have to these, to all member federations, have gone, here is more money for your federation, for your member federation, and here is a minimum payment requirement per player. So to give you an idea, I was listening to a podcast on the way in. The podcast said for the Lionesses, if they progress out of the group stage, each player will get from that pot of money that FIFA are giving to the English FA, £30,000 per player. If they go on to win the World Cup... Ah, sorry, Molly, Molly's sick. Oh, poor bugger. She's curled up with a hot water bottle. Poor bugger. Anyway, um, if the Lionesses win the World Cup, each player will get £217,000, which, again, that's that's fair enough. But the English FA, as did the Spanish... The English women's team, as do the um, Spanish women's team, go, well, that is the minimum requirement. So if Haiti get Mm. out of the group stage, their players... Well, no... Qualifying for the group stage, their players get thirty thousand yep. pounds per player. Uh, that's sorry, US dollars. US dollars. Of course it is. It's FIFA. <laughs> US dollars. What am I talking about? It's US dollars. That's why this bud's for you. 
Uh, US dollars. So the, both of those two nations uh, from the women's side of thing have gone, you've, you've actually going to give us the same amount of parity as Haiti, as um, Vietnam, as the Philippines, rather than yep. giving us parity with the men, because yep. the men certainly aren't rocking up for a, uh, well, not, some of those, Harry Kane's not getting out of bed for less than 30,000, that's, <laughs> that's for sure, let alone turning up for a tournament the other side of the world. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, an issue that is ongoing. As I heard on the game last night, Costa Rica are leading the way for parity um, in particularly Latin America. So mm. um, nations such as Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, um, Chile, the, Panama, if we use Panama, uh, are, are being embarrassed by the likes of Costa Rica, who very early, um, I think it was 2018, said, this isn't even an argument. Like, yep. the men get that much, and the women are in the World Cup as well, they get the same amount. Yep. Uh, and th- there's no argument. Whereas um, Australia, the, the, the Matildas, still, um, as we saw before the tournament started, and we don't want to highlight on the, uh, on the negatives of the World Cup because it's such a celebration of football, particularly women's football, are also in a, uh, a situation where they're saying, well, we could. We've seen the US... Uh, Megan Rapino, in particular, being very vocal uh, well before. I think that was 2020, 2021, where mm-hmm. they went through a similar play negotiations going, we want the same rights and pay structure as you give the men, and they fought hard and won that fight. It's also kind of worth mentioning, when you say like the $30,000 US that the payers get played, yep. that money comes direct from FIFA. Correct. So FIFA actually says, hey, you're at the World Cup, You've made the group stage to the players. Here's thirty thousand. Uh, yes and no, Pete. But, yes, yes you know, and no. So, so um, FIFA don't pay the players. FIFA. That's what Wikipedia says here. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's my go-to for all my information. FIFA pay the member federation. Yeah. The amount, which is the minimum amount. But for the 2023 Women's World Cup, we we'll give prize payments directly to the players as well as the associations, according to Wikipedia. So it looks like they've... So in previous tournaments, FIFA have paid total prize money to the national associations. Yep. But for the 2023 Women's World Cup, we'll give money uh, prize payments directly to the players. Right. So, so, there you, so it has, okay. and, and again, so just to be clear, so when we're talking about the negotiations and so forth, so FIFA says, here you go, you're at the World Cup, you're, yep. you know, if Haiti goes out losing every game, the players still get $30,000 in their bank account okay. from FIFA, so I each think, player. I think that could be... But then the associate, whether they've got the deal with their association, as you say, like the, the women's, uh, sorry, the American women's team, you know, probably has a lot of so um, bargaining Peter power. Page up, Pete. Oh, so yep. what does it, does it have the actual... Um, dollar amount yes. for a team that makes the group stage of the World Cup. Yes. So how much would they get as a team, not per, per player? So per association, group stage is 1,560,000, just over 1.5 million. So do we want to do the math on that one? Well, it also says per player is 30,000. That's how it breaks down, 30,000 per player. I don't know if that's a division so, or if so, it's a separate So 30,000 times 23... You know, I'm not the greatest mathematician in the world, but I don't think that that equals a million. Oh, look at this. Here we We're go. doing maths on We're here. Doing, this I am brilliant. doing math yeah. on you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, look, I'm taking that as meaning the association gets paid 1.5 million dollars. That's right. And separate to that, each player gets thirty thousand. No. So, what my understanding is that 1.5 
includes the 30,000. So FIFA will go, here's 1.5 million of that 30,000 per player and the rest goes to the member federation to do whatever they like to, which is where the arguments are coming in with some of these players such as Megan Rapino and, and Alexia Plutalis going, well, like, I'm one of the best players in the world. You, you, you're, getting, you're getting the cash from FIFA. Mm-hmm. Why are you keeping that cash? <laughs> and allegedly directing that towards the male side of the game or administration, and we all need admin, don't get me wrong, admin is one of the uh, the, 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 the backbones of, of our game. You can't, well, as a, as a referee, I, I didn't know where I was refereeing without admin telling me where I was going. So yep. I appreciate that, but there needs to be, if you are the talent, to use the phrase, if you are the talent, you need to be getting paid what you deserve. Yep. Okay. Anyway... Records that could be broken at Australia and New Zealand 2023. What do you want to hear? Um, Let's go with the most goals in a single match. Because there are a few minnows here. They might copper hiding. You kind of thought Vietnam might have been one of them against the US. Have you got that there? Because I'm I'm looking at it. No, I thought you were telling me. No, no. Mine are... uh, Oh, my God. Yeah. No, mine aren't in order. Oh, okay. You've asked me what I wanted to hear. I've told you, and now you're saying, well, I don't know. Well, I know the most goals in a men's uh, FIFA match was um, Hungary 13, Honduras 1. I know that one. That was in 82. I reckon it was 10-1 and it was Hungary, El Salvador. Yeah. Yep, go on then. You got that one. So that's Yeah, there we go. There's your wingman. So that's that's 11, 11 goals in a game. Yep. You got that one. I always like a game where, you know, even if a team gets absolutely belted, they still get a goal. I feel like, you know, it's it's so much worse to lose 9-0 than to lose 10-1. This is true enough. This is true enough. And, uh, I mean, if you get that one, if that one goal you score is at the very end of the game too, you can scream out last goal wins and that really annoys (laughs) the team that's banged in 10 goals. I love last goal wins. (laughs) You know I love last goal wins. I'm looking. I can't see. So, uh, so what are you? What are you trying to? Okay, yeah. Well, I was looking. I had had different stats up now. And I'm trying to now. Well, what do, what do you tell me? Um, like the stats that you know you wanted to go over. Well, most wins in a, in the Women's World Cup. Oh, it have to be the that? USA. USA played fifty, win forty, draw six, lose four. Yep. Goals for 138. Goals against 38. They've got a 100 goal differential and 126 points. How many? How many goals for? 138. Well, I'm pretty sure it'd be 141 now. It's 141 now. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Up to the date stats here. Yeah, good on you. All right. <laughs> Next is Germany. Yep. Who have played uh, 44 games in nine tournaments, 30 games, five draws, nine losses, with a plus 82 differential. Yep. Australia. Uh, no, not bad. Are right in there with their world ranking. They are ranked 10th on that list. They have played in eight tournaments, have played 27 games, win eight, draw six, lose 13. Mm. which is not good. Goals for 39, goals against 50, a minus 11 differential. Well, the one stat that worries me Go. is Australia, the women's team, doesn't have a great record after the knockout rounds. So no, the last right. few World Cups, we've done very well. Get out the group stage, beautiful. And then it was, uh, so four World Cups ago, losing the quarterfinals, losing the quarterfinals, win in the second round before it was a quarterfinal and yep. then lose in the quarterfinal and then at the last one, lose in the second round again. So yep. our record, once we're out of the group stage, is one win and four losses. Well, I'll give you, um, I'll give you another I, stat. I, Most finishes by any nation at a Women's World Cup 
in the top eight without ever finishing the top four is oh. Australia. Oh, is it? Okay. Third. This, if we do it again, it'll be our fourth time to make... We've never gone past the quarterfinals. We're sort of like... The, the women's team's sort of like Mexico in the men's team. Always get out the group stage and then don't go any further. Yep. And to, to and we'll see them tonight. Most finishes in the top eight without ever being a champion is China, six times. But they did play in the uh, first World Cup final. So, okay. You know, and, uh, and Sweden. So it's China and Sweden collectively with that, uh, with that record. Although Sweden have played in the World Cup final as well. So that, That's it, because as someone who only fairly recently started following the women's side of the mm-hmm. game... Um, I assume I thought China had one. Had you asked me, I would have been like, "Yeah, China's China's won a title," but no, you're correct; they haven't. Yep. So they uh, they are rivaling. So the most finishes in the top two without ever being champion of the Women's World Cup final, and it's a one-time appearance in the World Cup final. So you, you have that. Yeah. You yeah. know that, that that occurs. Yeah. Well, you have to lose one to win one. That's right. So China was in the first one in 1999. Sweden. No, Brazil in 2007, we forget that one. Brazil actually made the final in 2007 and the yep. Netherlands in the last World Cup yep. uh, when uh, Sarah Wiegman was in charge of them. Uh, Ch- China in 1999 were the runners-up. That's right, that's yep. what I said. Yeah, yep. yeah. Not the first one. The first one was 1991. And Norway were the runners-up. There's no way you could get that wrong. Norway? Norway. Did, did, so, so then Norway won the next one? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was under the... Yeah, that, again. That's... I'll say it again. There's no way you could make that mistake. There we go. I don't think you heard me the first time. <laughs> I, got, I got it the second can time. You, see, can you tell who's a dad see, here? See, dare I say that champagne comedy, Pete? Is it? <laughs> There's no, well, you had to you had to repeat it for me. <laughs> so I can get my head around that. Um, and Sweden have had the most uh, top three finishes without being champions. That's, that's four yeah. times. Yep. Yep. So that is uh, that is pretty damn impressive. I still can't find the most goals in a World Cup game. So I, I just don't understand why we wouldn't have that one. Oh, I'm sure it'd be there somewhere. But well, you should be looking for it. I'm look, I'm I should, but well, yeah. But we've also got to keep talking. You know, it's, it's going to be a bit of a dull program. If it it's is just dead I, air, and you hear typing. I, I blame and mouse Molly clicks, and Fran you know? Herdale for that because uh, well, I mean, Molly's sick, poor bugger. Uh, yep. It's been crappy weather over in Melbourne, so I can understand that. And uh, as I say, Fran, I, I, I put out another uh, shout to that Fran, the chick with the ball who is deliver, uh, dribbling a ball from the Gold Coast to Stadium Australia in time for the Women's World Cup final is obviously. Uh, Previously indisposed, but the most goals by any player in a women's World Cup is 17, and no player uh, has scored more than Marta. Yes, 17 goals in 20 appearances at a World Cup final. <laughs> I mean, that is unbelievable. She made her debut at the age of 17 in 2003, and uh, scored in the opening game. So she made her debut at 17 and scored. I mean, that's Pele. Mm. Pelé was 17 mm. when he uh, scored in the World Cup final in 54. But, uh, you know, that, that is just unbelievable. And um, Abby, Abby Wambach and Birgit Prince with 14 goals. Michelle Aikers on 12. And we've got a few players, um, Bettina Wiegman, uh, Christiane and Soon Ven on 11. And we don't see any Australians on that particular list. Yes, Pete? OK, I've got it. Here's Have another you got stat it? for you. No, no, a different one, but... Um, most own goals scored in a match. Ecuador scored two own goals when they played Switzerland in 2015. And another one related to that, it was the same player who scored both own goals as well. So one player, two own goals in a World Cup. Um, I do seem to remember one of the New Zealand players in a friendly match against the US, I'm going to say. Um, 
a year or two ago, she yep. actually scored a hat trick of own goals. Oh, really? And I think she actually did like the the perfect hat trick no. to her left foot, right foot, and header. Oh, that's oh, you got to get a trophy for that, surely. <laughs> that, that's got to put you in the golden boot. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm still trying to look for that one, Pete, but I have found, and it's it's a man's world, as James Brown saying to us, um, the most goals in a men's World Cup final. So I found that one. Have you found it, Pete? I found it. Okay, the most goals anyway, in a men's World Cup fi- uh, finals a game is 12 goals, which was the uh, mighty Austrians, 7, Switzerland, seven five. 5 yeah. in 1954. I mean, that, that tournament Bit with, with yeah. re- reduced game numbers was one of the uh, highest scoring games. World Cup finals in history. They were yes. just banging goals in for fun. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, the average, if you look at a graph, the average actually declined from a peak in the 50s, like goals per game, it, yep. it declined to, I think about the 1990 was the, the low point. Since yep. then, it's been very slowly inching up again, but we're talking an yep. average of, you know, still yep. about and three goals And I said 54 with Pelé, it was 58 in Sweden, my yes, mistake. Right, so yeah. don't, yeah. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> I auto-corrected there. Did you get the most in the Women's World Cup Yes, final? so the most uh, goals in a single match, one team, it's 13 goals. That was the USA defeating Thailand at the last Women's World Cup. 13-0. 13-0. 13-0. Oh, and Thailand. I win. like the way you assumed Thailand didn't score. It might have been 13-1, but it wasn't. It was 13-0. Whoa. And the highest ever scoring draw, we've had a three-all draw between Nigeria and Sweden yep. and between Argentina and Scotland. Three-all? Three-all. That's not That's bad. Next. Well, the last Men's World Cup final was a three-all draw as well. That's not bad. That was a belter of a game. I had another Pelé stat here. Pelé. Pelé is the only player to have won World Cups 12 years apart. But Sakai Kumagi, who plays for Japan, is uh, in line to emulate that should Japan win the World Cup this year. So she scored the winning penalty in the German 2011 final and could emulate the king. See, again, putting my uh, my soccer hat on, there's only one king. Yep. That's Jeff Astle. And then there's Pelé. Okay. Yeah, because you don't know who Jeff Astle is, do you? No, you can tell I'm looking He's blank the king. at you. He's the king of, uh, king of the Hawthorns. Uh, only player to have scored in every round of the FA Cup final, including the final 1968. Thank you, King. I do think I saw that stat somewhere yeah. before, yeah. So, you know. Oh, and the, the other thing I, I saw with the um, the Copa, uh, Copa Libertadores and the Copa Sudamerica, they are still having a minute silence for Pele. Oh, okay. At the start of each game. And that is the respect that that, that superstar had in that particular region of the world. Lionel Messi's um, record of 19 appearances as captain is now under threat. Christine Sinclair has captained Canada on 16 occasions at the World Cup final and she is now equal with Sun Wei uh, on 16 appearances as captain of the World Cup final. Now, the stat I have... I will see about that stat about Christine Sinclair. Christine Sinclair has scored almost as many international goals as she has domestic club appearances. <laughs> it is a okay. crazy... I'll see if I can find that one again because that was just mental when I saw that because it came up and I went, that can't be right. That cannot be right, but it was. Um, so she has played about um, 200 games for... Yeah, so she's played 323 games for Canada. Mm-hmm. And has scored 190 goals. Yep. 
and I will find, going to my favourite uh, source of information, which is Wikipedia, and I'll get the exact stats. So her career club total, she started playing for the FC Gold Pride in 2009 in the Women's Professional Soccer League. <laughs> okay, way back when. Her domestic appearances, which have all been uh, in either the WPS or the WSL. So she did play with uh, Sam Kerr in 2011 with the Western New York Flash. Yep. She has played 219 domestic games, but has scored 190 international goals. That's impressive. I can't understand that. Like, yeah. she, she has played uh-huh. over 100 more games for her country than she has for her clubs. With the goal scoring, um, Canada's probably in a position a bit like Australia, especially used to be, in that, you know, they're, they're qualifying for tournaments via CONCACAF, yeah. North America. And obviously the US is very strong in that group, as is Mexico, Mexico I dare say. Yep. After that, you probably get the chance to clock up the goals a bit, if you know what I'm saying. You, go, you, know, you If they're playing Dominican Republic or, you know, Guatemala or Belize or, <laughs> you know, Bahamas, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it harkens back to the days Saint of Australia. Kids. Yeah, exactly. It harkens back to the days of Australia, you know, lining up against, you know, American Samoa and Tonga. Well, she has twice uh, in her international career played 22 games during a calendar year. 2008, 22 games, 13 goals. And in 2012, 22 games, 23 goals. So hang on, 22 international, like appearances 20, for your country. 22 full international. So not, not, we're not talking obviously just you know, bread and butter club matches. You're talking 22 international. 22 players. international matches. So in so that's nearly two a month. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and like I said, 2012, 22 international appearances for 23 international goals. Okay, well here I've got a stat for you as well, seeing as we're just. Welcome to the uh, Saturday morning <laughs> stats program uh, in the in the women again. Go uh, women women's World Cup. Uh, the longest period between a player scoring one goal and scoring their next goal. Uh, it's a team we're going to actually see playing tonight. Denmark. Yep. Um, Annie Dot Eggers Nielsen uh, scored for Denmark at the World Cup on the sixth of June, nineteen ninety five. And then 12 years later, she scored another goal for Denmark in 2007 at the World Cup. So That's brilliant. That's a long time between drinks. Got another one? I hope she's not a striker. Players in their 40s have never competed against one another in an 11-a-side FIFA competition. So that's any FIFA competition until yesterday. Really? When Nigerian centre-back Onomi Abbey and Canada forward Christine Sinclair, who we've just mentioned, both yep. in their 40s, shared the ground. Okay. So two in their 40s. Two in their 40s. Yeah. I was actually interested, obviously, with the, the stats side of things and the, yeah. the, the A-League uh, stats in particular. That's why I got this one, Pete. I know you're a stats nerd. With A-League stats in particular at league level, but I think it carries on into the, um, to the, to the internationals as well. Very obviously, 27 is the peak age. It's yeah. almost like clockwork in the A-League, the average age of a player. In the men's, men's, yep. uh, it's 27. Now, with the women's in the A-League, the women's A-League, the average age is a bit lower. Okay. Um, now, I've, I've always wondered, is that a thing just that the women peak physically earlier? Is it a case of women want to have a baby so maybe they retire well, yeah. earlier and sort of don't drag the average age up you don't you know player in her 30s might retire from the women's and they don't for the men is it going to change in the future but 
I'm sort of curious as to physically when a woman peaks. Well, that's a good call. And that, that sentence just sounds so bad, I wish I hadn't said it on air. So, yeah, that, well, that is a good call because uh, Julie Ertz actually uh, walked away from the international game yep. to, to have a family. She's yeah. back in the uh, the US squad and she will... And well, Katrina Gorry as well. Yeah, Katrina Gorry, exactly right. She will join Alex Morgan, Alicia Nahair, Kelly O'Hara and Megan Rapino, who will emulate... Uh, Pele uh, by winning three World Cups, but they will do it uh, three World Cups in a row. That's right. So we've, and we've Morgan never... and Rapino could also become the first players to uh, appear in four World Cup finals. Ooh. Four World Cup finals. Now uh, Christine Sinclair, I think they were saying she's that was her six World Cup finals appearances. Mm. I mean that that's the longevity there is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. True. We'll give you, uh, lovely listeners, a, a bit of a, uh, a rest when it comes to your ears. Uh, we are nearly finished here. We've got about another 15 minutes to go. I've just seen Len, who will be joining us very shortly with Bags Groove. Apologies for that. I had uh, a couple of guests lined up, and we've, we've done this before. You were, luckily, listeners listening last week. Uh, had the same situation occur. Oh, we haven't run out of things to speak we of. Haven't we've run still out- got a whole other topic to bring up, too. We'll get on to that one after the break. All right. Continue to join us. Uh, you're with Hugh and Pete on 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. We're on that teaser. Pete will be joining us just after the break. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www futsalwa.org.au Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM
They goalpost uh, getting knocked down again by. That's right, yeah, all I could think of is Diana Ross <laughs> kicking the ball and the goals collapsing. Yeah, that was that was great. It didn't even it didn't even make the six yard box that penalty spot. <laughs> uh, she is one of the greatest soccer players the world will never see. Diana Ross, um, Pete, you were going to talk about the Perth Glory and their FFA. Dare I say debacle? That's right. So um, obviously the focus today has been on the Women's World Cup, and rightly so, but rightly just so. thrown in the last couple of minutes. Uh, the Glory did play midweek uh, in Darwin. In Darwin, yep. So uh, Football Australia had uh, organised the qualifying matches to be played in Darwin, which I um, thought was a good idea. And I, at the same time, according to Matt Stacey, at the same time as the uh, Tottenham-West Ham game. Yeah, that's true. Which, again, just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say I'm overly happy about that, but... Uh, <laughs> The result was a 4-0 win to MacArthur. Uh, broke all sorts of records. You know, the Perth's worst ever result in the FFA Cup. Um, 
Well, that's surprising. Yeah. No, no. Well, we've lost. Well, obviously, you get knocked out at some point, yeah. but never, but never by four goals before, and also a a record winning margin for Macarthur over Perth Glory just in all competitions. So. Well, that's that's not so surprising, being that they're a new club. No, we've already played them six times. Six times. Yeah, Crikey. we beat them once. Wow. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, it wasn't a brilliant start. Uh, for our new goalkeeper, Ollie Sale, who's who's over from go Wellington. On, go on, Pete. Sorry. Use the joke. You, you made that joke. Go on. Come on now. What did I say? You said that the Wellington Phoenix fans are clapping their hands. Oh, they're, no, I think they're more <laughs> dusting their hands off. Yeah, they're L- happy Glad to be rid of that one. Yeah, so, um, look, let's hope, he, let's hope it was just a bit of a clanger. And is that because Cameron team. Cook's on international duties at a, at a youth level? No, as I understand it, Ollie Sale is the new number one keeper. Which Ooh, is, well, he won't I, be... I, I, was quite happy with Cookie and goals. So was I. Yeah. So was I. Or, or his brother stepping up uh, as an understudy. But okay, better better minds than ours are, are making those decisions. Yeah, and and as we as as had been discussed, uh, Kenny Lowe had actually stepped in to coach uh, the team for the two games. So the the friendly against uh, West Ham, and then the game against Macarthur. So disappointing to see the Glory yet again have a dismal FFA Cup campaign. It's becoming regular, mate. It is. It, when you consider the first two seasons of the Cup, we made the final both times. Yeah. Um, and that was, if I remember correctly, with Kenny Lowe coaching. Yes, it was. Uh, it's, yeah, disappointing now that uh, this is, again, however many times it's been since we've even seen the Glory play in the cu- Cup proper. But, again, that's down to regular season play because we're in this... We, the glory, are in this situation because of poor regular season uh, campaigns. Because if you finish in the top six, you you don't top go... Eight. Top ten, in fact. Top eight. Top eight. Yeah. Well, that makes no, it, no, but you're right. You're right. It makes it even worse. The bottom, the bottom couple of teams have to yeah. play the qualifying match. So mm. the bad... Well, and again, it's it's the... Nor- it, well, it's, it's almost situation normal now. We had a new coach. We were doing a rebuild. Um, and then and new coach now the coach is new gone, and the worldwide search starts again. So yeah. goodness knows what's going on yeah, there. And again, to use Matt Stacey, he he wants to see an international uh, quality coach coming in, like an, as an a genuine international. I'm yeah. thinking, mm, okay. Well, as mentioned to you off air, uh, there had been a rumour somewhere coming around. And I did see it on the internet, which means, legally speaking, it must be true. You legally can't, speaking. You can't you put said, things you, on the internet if yeah, they're not well, true. Well, you didn't see it on Wikipedia, so we can't take it as gospel. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Well, no, it was Facebook, so it must be true. But there had been talk of um, Alan Stajowski coming to the glory. Which... Alan Stajic. Stajic. Oh, see, now I'm getting the names wrong. It's Derby yeah, yeah. and Stajic. No, no, it's Derby. And Stajowski. But, uh, yeah, anyway. It's um, Derby and Stajowski. <laughs> Good I think you. if anything, I should get the Eastern <laughs> European names right. Yeah, and we, yeah. But Stadge's... Uh, the guy that's coaching the Philippines at the yeah, moment. Yeah, he's officially in a, yeah. uh, in, a, in a part-time role there at the Philippines. So yeah. that would uh, free him up as uh, he's been living on the uh, east coast of Australia for some period of time to yeah. be able to coach the glory and still continue in his role at um, the Philippines head women's coach. Whether he wishes to continue in that t- campaign, if he... Um, if he gets a domestic job somewhere in the world, we don't know. But uh, he um, he's the brain on that man internationally is unbelievable. Yeah. All right, that's us done. Sorry about the um, the, the couple of guests that, that knocked out and uh, those that were listening at the beginning, the uh, the comedy um, intro. You can always <laughs> restream that by going to um, 
107.9 Radio Fremantle homepage and you can do that for any show. We are here every weekend thanks to our partners Futsal WA Purse Premier Futsal Competition, Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing gates and automation and Gate and Fence Hardware WA for all related hardware and automation packages to DYI your project. Thank you very much, Pete. Many thanks to all our guests that we had on. As I say, Len is here with Bags Groove. We will be back again next week. Not me. So you can tune in. <laughs> so tune in next week and you will get your fix of local, international and world football here at 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.